Perhaps the most important research in anthropology is how modern humans left their birthplace in Africa and migrated to the rest of the world. One big subset of that story is how humans managed to get to the Americas. It's a tale that's resulted in theories being updated several times based on the discovery of new evidence. Learn more about how humans migrated to the Americas and our current best guess as to how it happened on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by Harry's Razors. I want to tell you a quick story. Several years ago, I was a podcast listener just like you, and I was listening to one of my favorite history podcasts. One of the ads on the show was for a company called Harry's Razors. I was extremely dissatisfied with the razors I was using at the time, so I figured I'd give these Harry's Razors a try. And it was a great decision, and I have been a customer of Harry's Razors ever since. I use Harry's Razors at home, and I've taken them with me on trips around the world. Not only does Harry's Razors provide a smooth shave, but they do so at a much lower price than their competitors, which if you've checked out the price of razor blades lately at the store, that is not something to sneeze at. Don't settle for the status quo. You can blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com everything. That's harrys.com everything for a $3 trial set. This episode is sponsored by Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. I recently had the chance to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, and I can attest to its exceptional aromas with hints of caramel and vanilla intertwining with its oakiness, which provide a well-rounded flavor profile. Taking a sip is akin to experiencing a piece of bourbon history firsthand. Heaven Hill Distillery may be America's most quintessential bourbon distillery. Established in 1935 after the end of Prohibition, the distillery was established by the Shapira family and has remained a family-owned distillery to this day. In 1897, Congress passed the Bottled in Bond Act, which set forth strict rules for any bourbon labeled Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal-winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill, bottled in bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. One of the reasons why human migration to the Americas is such a mystery is that for thousands of years, the peoples of the Eastern and Western Hemispheres had pretty much no clue that the other existed. There was effectively no contact between these two halves of humanity. Because of the isolation of the Americas, it was natural to wonder how people got there in the first place. Figuring out this riddle involved almost every area of science, geology, genetics, archaeology, anthropology, and many other disciplines. The first iteration of the story is probably one that you've heard before, and it touches on several of the previous episodes I've done. Here it is in a nutshell. About 70,000 years ago or so, one or more migrations out of Africa occurred. These people spread, chasing game, and also moving when there was no game to hunt. Over the course of tens of thousands of years, this resulted in the settlement of most of the land masses in the Eastern Hemisphere, and I previously did an episode that went into more depth on this subject. The second part of the story has to do with the most recent Ice Age, an enormous ice sheet several kilometers thick amassed in the Northern Hemisphere. 
This ice sheet locked up a large part of the Earth's surface water, which resulted in sea levels dropping. Sea levels were about 122 meters, or 400 feet, lower than what they are today. This means that there were large parts of what is now the seafloor which were exposed as dry land. In particular, in the Bering Strait, the newly exposed land connected North America and Asia. This land bridge is known as Beringia. Then about 13,000 years ago, humans migrated over the land bridge during the Ice Age into North America. When the Ice Age ended about 11,700 years ago, the land bridge disappeared, and the humans that were in North America could now not go back into Asia the way they came. Over the last several thousand years, humans slowly migrated from Alaska down to Patagonia. This was the original story that fit the facts as they were known, and perhaps the one that you've heard of. Much of this theory came from the discovery of Paleolithic human fossils, which were discovered in the 1930s near the town of Clovis, New Mexico. These remains and associated spear points became known as the Clovis culture. These remains were dated to be around 12,700 to 13,400 years old. Because nothing was ever found that was older than the Clovis culture in the Americas, this developed into what was called the Clovis First Hypothesis. The Clovis First Hypothesis held that the Clovis people were the first to migrate to the Americas, which is why the date for the migration was set at approximately 13,000 years ago. Cracks in the Clovis Hypothesis began to appear when more remains were found, which didn't fit the timeline. In 2006, a dig site in Buttermill Creek, Texas found artifacts below the stratigraphic layer where Clovis artifacts were found. These objects were dated back 15,500 years ago. And this was just the first of several such sites discovered all over North and South America, which were dated to before the Clovis culture. There was a great deal of resistance to overturning the Clovis first hypothesis amongst anthropologists. This was the theory that they had been taught at university, and one single dig site wasn't necessarily going to overturn a theory that had been dominant for decades. However, Buttermilk Creek was just one of many pre-Clovis sites which were discovered. Discoveries were made in the Channel Islands in California, which was dated back 12,500 years ago, far later than expected for a site that far south. In Monteverde in southern Chile, a site was found that dated back 14,500 years to 18,500 years, well out of the bounds for a Clovis culture site, and far further south than would have been possible under the Clovis first hypothesis. For humans to make it that far south implies that humans had to have entered the Americas far earlier. A site in South Carolina was found to date back 22,900 years and possibly as far as 50,000 years, although that later date is in doubt. Paisley Caves in Oregon has remains that were found to be at least 1,000 years older than Clovis. A site in Brazil, Pedra Ferrada, had charcoal which dated back 32,000 years to 48,000 years. A site at Tlapacoya, Mexico was found to date back 22,000 to 24,000 years. Fossilized human footprints in White Sands National Park in New Mexico have been dated back to 22 to 24,000 years as well. I can't even go through all of the pre-Clovis sites which have now been found, but suffice it to say there have been a lot of them. Additional sites in Alaska, Yukon, Washington, Virginia, Idaho, Pennsylvania, Columbia, and Peru have all been dated back before the 13,000-year Clovis mark, and many are much older than Clovis. This new evidence has caused a rethinking of just how humans arrived in the Americas. 
And here I need to reiterate that a theory is just an explanation to try to fit the facts. With new facts, there have been new theories proposed to try and fit these new facts. One theory is known as the coastal migration route. The idea holds that humans were able to spread rapidly down the Pacific coast because they traveled by sea. They would have used small boats, rafts, or kayaks to work their way down the coast where they would have gotten their sustenance from abundant marine life. This allowed them to spread rapidly down the west coast of the Americas where they could have reached South America in just a few centuries or maybe even decades. There's also evidence that the coast of Beringia was ice-free during the last ice age, which would have made this type of transportation possible. The problem is, while this fits the facts, there's no direct evidence of any sea transportation. Almost all of the archaeological sites which could possibly prove this would have been lost when the sea levels rose, and it would explain a lot about why it took so long to find pre-Clovis sites. Another hypothesis is known as the Salutrian Hypothesis. This says that the very first early migrants to the Americas didn't come from Asia, but came from Europe. The Salutrians were the people who created cave paintings in southern Europe, and this theory holds that people from Europe traveled through the pack ice in the North Atlantic and arrived in the Americas that way. The evidence for this is pretty slim as well, and it mostly comes from the similarities between spearheads found in Clovis and pre-Clovis sites and those found in Europe. Most anthropologists don't believe in this theory, and it's not very well supported by genetics. Genetic testing of Native Americans have found that they all share genes with Native people who live in Siberia. However, some distant mitochondrial genes are shared with Europeans, but those just as easily could have come from transmission across the top of Eurasia. Another theory tries to reconcile the late arrival of humans to the Americas with the much earlier arrival of humans in Siberia. This is called the Beringian standstill hypothesis, and this basically holds that humans hung out in Beringia for thousands of years before heading into North America. Beringia would have been grassland and forest at this time and would have been populated with megafauna. It probably would have been a great hunting ground. So it is possible that they did walk across the land bridge, but just did so earlier than assumed. If all this seems kind of confusing, there's even more it's entirely possible that there wasn't a single migration. There could have been multiple migrations over a period of thousands of years. There could have been multiple cultures that migrated, all of which had slightly different spear points, which are represented in the archaeological record. Then, just to really throw a spanner into the works, in 2017, there were mastodon bones found at an archaeological dig site near San Diego. The bones date back 130,000 years, and some researchers think that there are marks on the bones that show evidence of fracturing, which would come from rocks hammering the bones, probably by humans. I should point out that this evidence is far from universally accepted. This is by no means conclusive proof and may in fact not even be proof at all. To establish a human presence in the Americas that far back would require much more than just marks on bones, and so far there's nothing. I should also recognize other routes that humans use to reach the Americas, although they're not quite as relevant to the story. The evidence of Polynesians having reached South America is pretty strong. There is some Polynesian DNA that's been found in people in South America, as well as genetic evidence from the remains of chickens. If you remember back to my episode on Polynesian navigators, they were unquestionably the best open water navigators in the world prior to the 15th century. They made it as far as Easter Island, so it isn't as all a stretch for them to have reached the coast of South America. 
In fact, given how much they traveled in the Pacific, it would be shocking if they didn't reach the coast of South America. However, this would have occurred six to 800 years ago, before Columbus, but at a point when humans were in South America already for thousands of years. There's also, of course, the Vikings who managed to make it to Newfoundland about 1,000 years ago, but they too didn't stay very long and had no long-term impact. The big picture story of humans coming from Siberia into North America is largely confirmed. This is overwhelmingly established by genetic comparisons of Native Americans and Native Siberians. Furthermore, the evidence is now quite strong that pre-Clovis people in the Americas existed, and quite possibly well before Clovis. I would expect more evidence for pre-Clovis peoples to be discovered over the next several years. So with those things pretty established, the big question now is, when did humans arrive, how did they arrive, and how many times did they arrive? The coastal migration route theory seems to be the most popular theory currently, but it's far from universally accepted and there is a lot more evidence which would be needed to conclusively prove it. We seem to be at an odd time right now in terms of understanding human migration to the Americas. There's enough evidence to prove that the Clovis first theory is wrong, but there isn't enough evidence to conclusively prove anything else. The story of how humans arrived in the Americas is a fascinating story but it's a story that isn't yet complete. Whatever twists and turns the story takes over the next several decades, as more evidence is collected, it is certain to be interesting. The executive producer of Everything Everywhere Daily is Charles Daniel. The associate producers are Thor Thompson and Peter Bennett. Today's review comes from listener Matt's other account over on Apple Podcast in Australia. They write, Such a great pod. This is such a great podcast. I love every episode and wish there could be more than just one a day. I was particularly impressed by the Paris episode. Having worked in the city as a guide for years, somehow Gary condensed almost everything I'd share in a four-hour tour in under 15 minutes. It was fantastic. But then they all are. I can't wait for the next episode. Thanks, Matt. I'm glad I've met your Paris tour guide seal of approval. Episodes like the Paris one are always difficult because I have to cram so much into a single short episode. Remember, if you leave me a review or send a boostagram, you too can have it read right in the show. <laughs>